0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Hey, Craig, it's Andrew. (laughs) Whoa, I'm locked in. Tell me more.
0: Let me paint you a picture. Okay, I got my paintbrush. I got my easel. Got my canvas. You're watching your favorite movie or TV show, and with each stunning shot or brilliant edit, you're likely asking yourself, how do they do it? Followed by, how do I do it? which is why I love American Masters Creative Spark, the award-winning podcast from PBS that illuminates the creative journeys of icons across disciplines from film to comedy, to poetry, to music. American Masters Creative Spark just kicked off a new season. Its next episode features Jason Kim, writer and producer of Barry and the author of the book for K-pop, the first Broadway show with Korean creators and a Korean subject. So whether you want to learn more about an old classic, discover a new favorite, or find inspiration for your own creative journey, this is the podcast for you. Follow American Masters Creative Spark on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, and tell them we sent you.
1: Podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig.
0: Shh, my name's Andrew. Oh, it's, it's a secret. secret. It's a secret. <laughs> this is just redoing, I think, our introduction to the episode about the secret. <laughs> yeah. Did. Yeah. Well, but, you know, you're going to, if you want to make a, Omelet, you're gonna uh, break Re- some of the same eggs that revisit. you broke the last time you made A omelet. Yolks, yeah.
1: Speaking <laughs> of yolks, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, some ten years ago, um, I was making a fish voice. That's uh, somebody recently in our Discord. This, shout yeah. out to the patreoncom pod Discord, where someone was talking about twenty fifteen, and I literally did not know what I didn't they meant.
0: Remember now? I mean, I I remember the 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 thing i could not have told you it was this episode this week so this month on overdue we're breaking breaking all the rules <laughs> and we're rereading some books that we read early in the show's 10 year the show's yeah. run uh as a 10 year ce- ce- celebration of all of <laughs> Of all the great work that we've, the great and not so great work that we've done over the years. We're taking some books that we've done episodes about before, we're doing them again, just to kind of see if they're different this time. Yes.
1: And so we are revisiting episode 94. Andrew, what book did you read this week? The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Great. And what was I going to say about that? Oh, I would like to apologize to us... Uh 8 years ago this was from 2015 What do we do, do well, us. I did not finish Moby Dick Oh no you didn't Which is why you talked about this book 2 months after your honeymoon <laughs> and you did not get you didn't have time to do your like second read before recording which, which I think like, is what, what you've done
0: now this Yeah time. <laughs> I finally have done it I don't like so I I do remember reading this I remember some of the things that happened, though a lot of it was was new, as if it was new to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no memory of like reading it, though. I know oh, cool. on my honeymoon I read the *Handmaid's Tale* <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and like one other thing, and then this, but I don't have any memory of like reading this on my honeymoon. Okay. And all I remember is like I, I so. When we did when I did Love in the Time of Cholera is cause I basically wanted to issue a sixty minute long correction to our yeah. first episode on yeah. Love in the Time of Cholera. This one is just a book that for whatever reason I didn't like all that much, but a lot of people do seem to like it. And yeah. I just wanted to try it again, not a little older, a little slower, a little wiser. Sure. <laughs> a little closer to death. <laughs> and just to see if I just to see if I like it
1: better. Can I tell you a secret? Okay, sure, And I don't know why I did not disclose this to you eight years ago. Maybe I had oh, no, maybe I had. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I've read this book. You read this book? You didn't even say it anything? like years before we did a podcast about it, I read it. When what did I you was, think about it? I thought it was interesting, <laughs> and I don't know why I kept that a
0: secret. You just didn't well, so it was in the spirit of the of the podcast which yeah. was about secrets and histories. And so your secret history this whole time is that you've read this book <laughs> and you could have been a counterweight to whatever it was that I said about I it, but you just I chose not to be.
1: <laughs> I guess I had. I don't know why I didn't tell wow. anyone.
0: Wow. Okay. I was listening right.
1: to our episode, waiting for me to talk about it. And I just you never, <laughs> never
0: did. did. You never did. Did you? I never knew. <laughs> well, gee whiz. Oh man So by episode 94 we would we had figured out mostly what the show was and A I don't, little I don't bit. think I don't think there's anything like super so I listened I didn't want to respoil myself on this book so I listened sure. to like the first 15 or 20 minutes yeah of the old episode just to like get it to see what author stuff we talked about and then to get whatever my high level like curmudgeonly thing was that I, okay. was, <laughs> that I was that I was that I was doing um. So, I don't know that we necessarily need to do all of Donna Tart's stuff again. I know that when we talked about her last time, uh, the Goldfinch had come out yep. relatively recently. And I also know that she drops a novel about once per decade. So I feel like we're about due for another one if we haven't gotten one recently. The thing,
1: and listening back, I did not apparently do much research on her at all. So that's something that I can bring to the table this time. Um, She had won the Pulitzer Prize for The Goldfinch. But yes, you're right, Andrew. We have not gotten a book from her since. Mm Mm-hmm. She's you know she's working on one. Well, she's probably been working on one the whole time.
0: Goldfinch too.
1: Um well,
0: cuz she said the Goldfinch Finch took her like 10 years.
1: A decade, yeah. right, yeah. Uh the other thing though about the Goldfinch and about this is that like there for decades people have been like, "Yo, when are we gonna get a secret history movie or uh-huh. a TV show cuz all this all the money's in TV now." <laughs> And uh, there was a 2019 film version of the Goldfinch
0: that bombed. <laughs> oh so no! Oh, so we're not going to get we're the secret hidden TV secret show. Secret <laughs> movie. Maybe we could get some webisodes. Maybe or like Ooh, a YouTube, a Quibi, like College, hum- college Humor. Something f- awful. Yeah, they still do it. Dorkly, could they do a... Um, uh, E-Bomb's
1: World, (laughs) a series?
0: (laughs) Could the Homestar Runner guys do a secret (laughs) history flash cartoon for E-Bomb's World?
1: Um, Things that I didn't know uh, at the time, and I don't think we talked about on air. Um, So this was Originally published in 1992. We talked about it being her first novel. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. So she was studying at Bennington College. We talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Her classmate, Brett Easton Ellis, the guy who wrote American Psycho, among mm-hmm. other things, mm-hmm. was she had showed it to him while they were still in school. And then he became a big champion of the novel. And we talked a little bit that there was like this big uh, bidding war for this debut novel. It was and because, it like and it
0: was really buzzed about and yep. like sold really well. Yes. Like they, they had planned for it to sell really well.
1: Her uh Brett Easton Ellis' agent, Amanda Urban, aka Binky, I think is her nickname. Wow. Okay. There's more than one interviewer Donna Tartt calls her Binky. Um <laughs> uh like basically drummed up this amazing press machine around this book. Um, huh. And there were people competing for adaptation rights right away. Um, the UK distributor had to bid on it. Like people were ready to go uh, mm-hmm. on this book. Um, there's there was this big, expansive 1992 Vanity Fair profile about her that gets it a little bit into. When she was at Bennington, she also was in a small clique of literature students that clustered around a professor named Claude Fredericks, a brilliant mm-hmm. but odd teacher who admitted few people to his classes.
0: Brilliant but odd, huh? it's uh-huh. a cool way to talk well it okay I, yeah the the guy <laughs> the analog in this book is kind of a n- manipulative dude who I, who yeah. I think is bad, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you had a take on him as much last time so no and I, I,
0: yeah, I think that the book wants me to maybe think he's a little bad, yeah. Um, in the end but
1: she it. has just kind of cultivated this like because of the how buzzy the novel was she wasn't like outright hiding from interviews but all the interviews at the time and and even since they recognize that she is this kind of like I don't want to talk about me like she has this um, there, she maintains an air of mystery about her she's never been on social media um. So she has this kind of like, what's really going on with her energy that I think has attracted a lot of people to her? Um, I think,
0: I mean, in all honesty, I think she she, she did it right. She, the she right did call. the right thing. Yes. And especially like, you know, you write what you know. Nobody knows anything about you, then nobody's gonna know what you're writing it but like everybody's mm-hmm. gonna think you're a wonderful creative genius when you're just happen talking you're just writing about something that happened to you at the store last yep. week
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um and she said uh so there's also there's been a lot of articles last year i think it was because it was the 30th anniversary of just like you know people interviewing her about the book and people writing about the book's legacy um and there are some quotes that I might save until they're they're relevant for our discussion. Um, there was one a few years ago, actually, where somebody asked her why she thinks people like the book, um, and she thinks why young people continue to like it. Apparently, it blew up on Book Talk, Andrew. Oh boy! As, oh no! Because like <laughs> gothic academia stuff mm. like blew up. I have no idea. Um, I'm just
0: skeptical of Book Talk because I don't. It's it's because I don't understand it. it,
1: Yeah, it's a big thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why people continue to like it, she said, why young people continue to like it is because I was very young when I wrote it. I was 19 when I wrote it. There are great swaths that are exactly as I wrote them when I was 19. In a way, it's a bit of a time capsule. It was a way of me being back at school, a way of returning to a time I missed, and it was about longing and yearning. And any of the, like, 30 years later articles that I read were either people talking about sharing some of that nostalgia with her Mm -hmm. or people who read it in high school and were like, yo, that sounds like a cool way to go to college or like a bad way to go to college or like an interesting way to go to (laughs) college. Like people just kind of projecting their own interests onto the book and having it resonate. Okay. I think that's kind of like... And everyone just... Over the years, has been like I can't believe that she made this book where she tells us exactly what's going to happen to this to these characters vis-a-vis murder, like gripping. You mean and an
0: inverted detective story? The inverted detective, the why done it, the why done it. Um, what's I, the like the other, what's the other? How catch him? How catch him? I was, I knew there was another stupider label for I don't think this. how catch applies
1: of... to this book, but. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I listen I made this joke Like yeah, eight years ago I And, I, and, and stand it's by just it. It, Yeah especially because Ash just Retired he did he finally Got them all <laughs> but I would say that the Pokemon Anime is the greatest Tao Of all time especially yeah. now that Ash's arc is finally wrapped up after So many years so many wonderful Years together pika, pika. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break And then you can tell me about the book Okay
1: Andrew, this show is brought to you and our listeners by BetterHelp. When you feel your best, you can accomplish a lot. You know that? Yeah. When do you feel your best?
0: Uh, usually after I've accomplished a lot, which is <laughs> which is a comp- which is a tough <laughs> catch twenty two to be in. If I'm being honest,
1: yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> I I like to feel like I've done something. But often
0: I have to do something first. So yes, right. That's the that's the rub. Mm-hmm. So how's how's BetterHelp going to help me with this?
1: Well, working with a therapist <laughs> can help you uh, get those things done. Um, get a picture of that best version of yourself and, and help you become that person more regularly. Uh, therapy is a great way to talk through the goals and challenges of your day to day lives. Um, thinking through your you know what you're trying to do, what you might be. doing. Uh, doing instead <laughs> um, and maybe some some changes in behavior that can that can get you there better help is a great option for therapy because it's convenient flexible affordable and entirely online they've got a little questionnaire that you can fill out to find a licensed therapist and then if you don't like who they match you with or your situation changes there's no charge for switching um, you can do that at any time so if you want to live a more empowered life therapy can get you there Visit BetterHelp.com slash Overdue today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Overdue. Andrew, I was reading an article by Elena Nicolau for Mm Today.com, where she interviewed Donna Tart or somebody interviewed Donna Tart, and she gave a bunch of Interesting answers, um, mm-hmm. but Elena referred to the novel as an intoxicating blend of mystery, mythology, tight knit friend groups, and unreliable narrators.
0: Huh. I mean, it is that. At least they're not describing it as like friendship triumphing over the <laughs> odds or whatever. <laughs>
1: Those people need to do another uh, podcast about what yeah, they said. Yeah. But what? What? How would you characterize this novel? revisiting it again i'm in an elevator you've stepped in you're gonna sell me on this now it's 1992 i have mm-hmm. money to spend
0: mm-hmm. i'm like hey take that take that nirvana out of your ears and let me tell you about this book please what's your elevator pitch for this book it's like so when i i when I talked about it 8 years ago. Sorry, I got to get off be, this elevator. It's this is going to be a long No, this is going <laughs> to be a long elevator ride. and The elevator is going to break and we're going to have we're going to have to designate a P corner and it's going to be a whole thing. But i have okay. got a lot to, you know, the next 45 minutes are going to be Good thing fun, I, I brought I think. this egg salad sandwich. Oh no good. Oh no good. Um <laughs> it's so when I read it last time, my like I think I just got off on the wrong foot with it mm. because it reminded me as I Talked yeah. about about like all of the bad fiction writing seminar fiction that yeah. I had ever that I had ever read, where it was just a, like a bunch of sad people with Chekhov guns in their in their dorms, <laughs> whose like girlfriends had broken up with them or something. Like I, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> there was a guy who Uh-oh. and I and I won't name him, but I can maybe do it off. You want to do a secret be, history of him yeah, right I can now? Do a secret history of him. He wrote. A hard-boiled detective story called The Facebook in the year of our Lord 2005. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and I know it's because Facebook's were a thing before Facebook, but uh, there was no other way to to encounter that title than to be like, oh, The Facebook. Okay. Uh, lose the the.
1: <laughs> you know what's um, cool?
0: But yeah, it was just like the, the, the melodrama of it. And I don't like, it wasn't like college was a recent memory for us eight years ago, but it was more recent than it is now. Yeah, for true. sure. And so reading it now, I, I tried to like going into it, op- like open to liking it and wanting to like it. I think like it shifted my perspective on it a little bit and more distance from college has shifted my perspective on it a little bit. So what I encounter now when I read it is one, a novel that does like, you like you mentioned, it kind of sums up a version of the college experience. Like, I, I don't know what mm. your, I don't know if this rings true for you, but college is maybe not the last time in my life where I could register like a day as a unit of time that I could think back to and remember, like just time passed more Slowly then Yeah, So in this a good novel, way yes. Yeah, in a, in a good way And so this novel takes place over the course of like a year of college Like not not even like a one nine month period-ish And it feels like it stretches out forever mm. And it's because you just Now I Like a, a week kind of is like this fuzzy smeary kind yeah. of <laughs> unit of no, yeah. time That like uh, th- That's how I count my life now is I can more remember more in distinct, more in weeks than in days i can
1: remember distinct weekends in college and like the individual things that happened on them and i know that that is like the way that the brain and memory imprints on like novelty
0: yeah, it's just how time right? that's also just how time works yeah but you know, you're you're still connected to your your childhood when every school year feels like Forever like yes. literally forever And and it's sped up a little bit By the time you're in college but you're still Like oh here comes a Wednesday And like now I do I probably do have to check like A good third of the time if you Ask me what day it was So much so
1: much of it is just how <laughs> like And maybe this is different for people in different walks of life But so much of it is just like How long are the time scales On any one routine that you have Mm-hmm and like now there are so many things in our lives, you and me both, that like they're happening over the course of years, they're the same thi- yeah. they're the same ish thing over the course of years, mm-hmm. and back yeah, then, like, the like time the-
0: time between eagles super Bowl <laughs> <attempts>. <laughs> that was just
1: yesterday, man, <laughs> but okay, okay, I get you, so like that is the there's, the, there's the more of an element vibe of college is a different read for yeah, you. Yeah,
0: there, there's more of an element of of hazy nostalgia to okay. it. Okay. which which helped a little bit. At least in the the period of the book where Don Tartt is trying to evoke hazy yeah. nostalgia instead <laughs> of like a group of people who are falling apart. Sure. Okay. Um and then you know also with distance from from college I think I was more able to read it like it is presented to you as this like retrospective accounting of events from the point of view of Richard, the the protagonist. Yeah. And I think you can, I could more readily identify in Richard. Like this is a guy who is writing about a bunch of like myopic people during a myopic time in most people's lives. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and you could, sometimes sense that that narrator being a little confused by decisions or being a little like disapproving of decisions in a way that like worked for me on this read. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't not have criticisms, but my fundamental, like my, the foundation of my read is more, more positive and more receptive to like what the book is doing. than It was last time for sure
1: glad you brought up richard's voice there was a quote from her in that today.com article where she 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 talked a little bit about like the different characters in the novel and the different ideas in the novel kind of like coming out of years of her thinking about things and having ideas and whatever but then she says about richard um, richard's voice to start with was an invented voice constructed for the purposes of the story i wanted to tell But because I spent so many years when I was young writing almost exclusively in Richard's voice, his narration ended up influencing my own writing voice pretty profoundly. So that was interesting because of the other thing she said about the book being a product of her time at college and identifying with that age range. And yet she had to invent a voice that could be nostalgic or at least be retrospective. Mm -hmm. That's kind of neat. I don't know. Yeah, there's to, also to, all of the profiles about the, her about how okay. old, how much of an old soul she is, who was like memorizing T. S. Eliot as an 11 year old. So like, there's a an, yeah, she's thing got a little bit. Her
0: her vibe is is interesting. It's like she's she's got that sort of old soul thing going on. All the pictures of her on Google Image Search make sure make her look like. Paula Poundstone going to a wedding. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, she's <laughs> a very interesting vibe. And the other thing too is that she's like, she's from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. She talks about how all the books she read when she was growing up were like either classics or like British novels, where none of the characters talked like people in her community. Yeah, right. And then she go, she drops out of Ole Miss and goes to Bennington, and kind of has a similar, I think, experience. To Richard and the like, this is not where I'm from. These people are not my people.
0: Yeah, but it but it's also not it's not Yale, it's not Harvard, it's not like exactly, it's not Ivy League. It's you're you're still East Coast, so you still get like a hint of that East Coast snobbishness. And because Richard's from California, and this actually this when um, our friend Steph came out to visit in September, uh, she lives out in uh, Portland. Yeah, and she was just like driving around you know sort of rundown philly suburbia which i don't think about even a little bit at all Mm. she's just like man like the building that that bank is in is older than like literally anything out in in portland (laughs) we
1: think about europe yeah yeah
0: yeah it's just like oh yeah there's history out here huh Like that—that that building has a name engraved in the stone that doesn't represent what what is in that building anymore. Wow, what there's so much st- steeped in history out here. I've had people come to Philly for like
1: work stuff from like Minnesota, and they're like, "Yo, why are all your streets so narrow? What mm-hmm. were you doing here? Mm-hmm. Don't didn't you build this with cars in mind? Like, no. no,
0: we got we buggies, boy. We had horses and feet and stuff." <laughs>
1: Maybe a penny farthing, like come on.
0: Yeah, like nothing, nothing internally combusting on these streets, you know?
1: Man, I did see a old photo of a street I used to live on, and it didn't have any cars on it. Uh-huh. And it was, it was that narrow street I used to live on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I
0: mean you. I, it could be one of several streets that you're talking about But I know the kind of street that you mean And man it looked so wide it had no cars I know no so cars good. No yeah no like SUVs With their half their tires Propped up on the yeah. curb To Oh
1: god it looked so good <laughs> okay. Yeah
0: yeah it's like those old You'd see old like footage or pictures Of New York like in the 40s or something It's like where is everybody this looks like Cleveland <laughs> Why are the streets so empty? It's either New York in 1940 or Cleveland today.
1: (laughs) They're all trolley dodging. You can't see them in the photo. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the book. Give me an accounting of the book. Sure. I'm I'm interested to know, like at a top level, I'm just interested in like what stood out to you in this read, considering that our last time with this book you are coming in With a little f- more fuzzy Of a recollection of it So
0: So the book opens Like the first thing that happens The thing that makes it An inverted detective story yeah. Slash Why a, done it Slash Or a catch you. Greek tragedy Or something Or yeah. a Greek tragedy Is that the Like the first sentence In the first paragraph Of the book Is like Hey this guy Bunny died And we killed him <laughs> Yeah That's not the, That's not a direct quote But it's It's the first <laughs> thing That happens And <laughs> And so, you know, from the outset, this, this, this person who these other people were friends with is dead and he's been murdered. And then you flashback to, you know, to to some months before that happens to Richard out in, in Plano, California living his, his flat, suburban plain old Plano life. (laughs) And it's, that is kind of how the whole book is. And and that's, I, I don't even know if I would call this a criticism, but it's a thing that I developed a little bit of impatience with is like the, the book is split into a couple of phases. Like the, the first half of it is okay. I know that the character bunny, which is a sh- short somehow for Edmund, I think. Yep. The character bunny has died. He's been murdered by these people who are supposed to be his friends. Sure. Why, why did that happen? Don't know. like, how did, how did all these people meet? How'd they get to this place? So they half of the book is occupied with that. And then bunny dies. The, the way it's handled is interesting. Like it's, it's there are a couple of little asides like you get in, in fiction sometimes where it's like foreshadowing yeah, where yeah. Richard will break from a chronological retelling of events to be like, you know, it's months after we killed bunny or whatever that like this, this and this, and this thing would happen. Um, but uh, mo- mostly, it's it's just like an in, in order version of things, and then you get to the event, and then you don't see the event again, like you might in a like a movie or TV show that has a little cold open and then goes back to four months later. And then I bet you're wondering you how I got again. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> you know you get right up to where the book begins, and then suddenly you are. After, after the event has happened. Like to, to the point where to the point where you flash back to it later to get more details from that scene where things happened. It's like you, you never at any point encounter a full in order telling of the actual event that the book like hinges on. I love it actually. I think that's um, so cool. So the first half of the book you're waiting for that. And then after that because the other thing that you learn in the very first, like on the very first page of the book is like in the months after, like we started to realize what big trouble we were in or, or you know, things, The our situation was pretty bad. So you're waiting and for so,
1: you're waiting for a murder, and you're waiting for big trouble.
0: Yeah, you're waiting for a murder, and then you're waiting to see how everything unravels after the murder. Great, and the book j- does just take its sweet time answering both of those <laughs> questions. And I'm not saying that anything, any like particular thing that it's choosing to do in that span is like uninteresting or, or bad or is or, or you know doesn't serve a, a purpose. Yeah, but you do sometimes get a, a sense as a, as a reader that like you are just, you got to get through this page so you can finally get to the thing that you're trying to get to, you know? Well, it, it's a- <laughs> like, like, like how much, how much hanging out at this like idyllic house and like drinking too much is enough to tell me the reader that we, they spent a lot of time at this house drinking too much and like okay out. It's it's not, I don't even want to say it's a criticism. It's just sometimes, you check the little percentage counter in the book, and you're like, hmm, "I've been doing this for a while, huh? I've been hanging out well, in this like in between hanging out state for a while now. How much of that do you think is read two? I don't. I mean, maybe a little of it, but I I don't think all of it. Okay, yeah." I don't know. Maybe I, I was just impatient to get to the thing. And yeah, maybe part of it, the the part of it that was read too was I am, I read this book and I'm so frustrated that I don't just remember everything that happened. Oh, so by by the time that I, yes. by the time that I got to the scenes, I was like, Oh yeah, I have a distinct memory of like them in this hotel room, like fighting over a gun I together re- or whatever. Like I, I do, I did remember stuff once I got gotten to it or like, I was starting to form like a foggy impression in my head of, of how the character relationships like went south as as I approached the the moments where they went south.
1: Yeah. That that's that to me feels like me watching a movie I I watched in high school and being yeah. like, Wait, I know something's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. And it's distinct from that feeling that you get when you're re watching or rereading something where you remember everything about yeah. what happens and you're like, maybe It'll go different. <laughs> Maybe it'll go different this time.
1: <laughs> no, because you're you're like reading. Maybe they'll it make sounds, different choices this time. It sounds like know. what your experience was was like. You're reading these scenes and like you're waiting for the scenes that feel like they're building to something. Mm-hmm. And if they don't feel like that, you're like, well, why?
0: Yeah, but at okay. the same time, like some of the some of the scenes where they're just hanging around being college students, like getting too drunk and making bad choices, were the ones that hit better for me this time. Yeah. So like it's 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 just a it's just it's just a reaction I had to the read. In case anyone so that,
1: has made it this okay. far into the episode uh without going back to listen to the other can you just remind us of the characters and the setup of yeah, the Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do. It. I'm okay.
0: going to do it. All right. So uh we we start. This guy Bunny, he's dead. We okay. already know our narrator Richard, who has come from Californian suburbia to Let's be honest, like mediocre East Coast liberal arts, but because he is from California where things seem to him to be bland and and unremarkable, he has a bad relationship with his parents. His dad legit seems like a knob. Like he's just <laughs> <laughs> he he has a non existent relationship with his sure. parents. So okay. he's he's come out to the East Coast. Everything is exotic to him, even though I think Maybe it does deserve he, to be. Yeah, yeah, maybe it doesn't deserve to be. So he's he's come out to do his his undergrad stuff. He's he's done a, he did a couple of years in in California and now he's come out here. So he knows a couple of he's done like Greek for a couple of years. Okay. Just by default, Richard drifts a little bit. Richard kind of is a he responds to events rather than driving events. And he he admits this toward the end of the book as he has a tendency toward like moving with a pack. Yeah. That that's other characters in the mood. book like notice and exploit in him. Yeah. Um so he is he has come out and he's kinda like drifting through college like some people do. And I was I was a college drifter througher for at least a couple of years in there. Um, where you just like don't really know what you want to do and you're just kind of there going through the motions of it to go through the motions of it. And that's I guess part of the point of that kind of college experience. A little bit is to like give you the space to figure it out it's, it's much different from a school where you've gone to get a specific major to like do a specific job
1: i and i think there were also people in our college experience who were like i'm here to do this so that i can go do that
0: yeah like sometimes people got it figured out and sometimes people are just there to ease themselves into a sort of proto adulthood yeah where for sure where you have the independence, but you don't yet have all the responsibilities. Correct.
1: Yeah. People want papers from you, not mortgages.
0: Yeah. You know? People want papers from you, not like paper. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yes. Well, you know they also mean?
1: want paper that you will pay them in 20 years. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, not even in 20 years, but like continuously over a period of 20 years (laughs) that makes the stack of paper actually much bigger than you thought it was going to be in the first place. So, so Richard's at college. Richard's at college (laughs) (laughs) and he's, he's, he's having a little, he's got a little bit of an aimless path going on, but he notices these eccentric classics weirdos who are always in a group and they dress a little strangely and they are just, they, they are seem very insular and he is fascinated by them because they are so different not only from what he's used to in California but from everybody else at this. So
1: college. when you read it this time did you think that they were like the Cullens?
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. Was that a thing I said last time? No,
1: I just thought about it. No, there is not. this like guy with like these like you know, interesting, attractive people who never do. hang out with anyone else. Like
0: they they do dress in a in a an affected sort of way that seems designed to like draw attention to themselves, which is not what the Collins did. The Collins no, that's true, intentionally trying to blend in. The word anachronistic cropped up
1: in a good way in a lot of reviews of this book. Like there is a, like an effort by the characters, by the style to like evoke a different era.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a little bit of that. And there's also a little bit of like, I'm gonna wear a coat from a hundred years ago, and that's gonna be a substitute for having a personality. Yeah, look, <laughs> like, I'm gonna we- I'm gonna wear like a monocle around all the time because I want everybody to 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 know I'm the monocle guy.
1: <laughs> I eat two hot dogs every day at 11:30 before a cappella practice. That's my thing. Oh, look, there goes
0: shorts in February, guy. Yep, <laughs> that's his
1: thing. There goes jumpsuit girl. Like
0: this is college. <laughs> oh man, jumpsuit girl. I haven't thought about her. She aces. presence a presence, a presence I comps. a presence I have not felt since <laughs> We were friend, we were friends with a with a shorts in February guy who wears we pants all the time now I People change show so with, much after college
1: I was in a show with jumpsuit it weirds me out when everyone wears pants I was in a show with jumpsuit <laughs> girl She did better than most of us on our on our comps exams
0: Yeah yeah this is, uh go to show Anyway, college. <laughs> what were you we talking about? Um, oh, yeah, he is just free this. Okay, so there's by this, these Cullens. Yes, this in a, enigmatic, but somehow still charismatic group of classics majors. And he wants to be in the classics program, but he goes to the teacher whose name is Julian. And Julian's also a stone cold weirdo. And he's <laughs> like, well, one, I don't let most people, I, I am the classics department, I don't let a lot of people into my department and you can't be in good day good day sir i oh, said no. good day and so richard is is dismissed but then he he hears these people in the library like declining verbs in greek and he so fun. he jumps in and anybody who has taken any language course knows A the value battle. of being able to jump in with the like one thing that you know in the sea of stuff that you don't know, mm. because it because you know what's gonna make you seem the smartest. Yeah, true. And so Richard is creeping in the stacks, listening <laughs> to them have this <laughs> conversation about what the right like verb declension is or whatever, God, and he jumped. He jumps right out, and he's like, "Uh, excuse me, maybe it's this." And everybody in the group is like. Okay, a little unorthodox, but I like the way I like the cut of your jib. He like instantly (laughs) wins over like three quarters of them just by seeming smart. And so he he sort of wheedles his way into this friend group and into this classics program. Lots of red flags with Julian in this because he does say you have to drop all the rest of your classes and I am your advisor and I teach everything that you do except for like your French class. Do
1: we think that Julian has like dirt on the
0: provost? Like
1: why is he allowed to do this?
0: I don't think he has dirt on the provost. I think he has tenure, my dude. Oh. You know, you get it okay. and then you just do, do whatever unless you're in <laughs> Florida now, I guess. Can you walk um, me through the group? All right, so here's a, here's our dramatist person. We got, we got Julian who is... His, he, he does not show up in the, in the book a lot, but he has, especially on Richard, kind of an outsized influence just by being this, this, you know, he, he seems, he just seems so wise and so, and so great. And you just, as, as his student, you just want him to like and approve of you so much. And he makes you feel approved of and liked. But when you think back on it with the benefit of hindsight, you're like, maybe he was just kind of telling me what he, maybe he was kind of using me a little bit to Mm. like make himself feel like a big man also. Uh, So he is, he's probably the minorist of the, of the, of the group. He's not involved in the murder at all. He, he is kind of a, I don't want to say scumbag, but he's kind of a jerk. (laughs) Okay. You know, you know how the hierarchy goes. you go like scumbag and then jerk and then dirt bag, <laughs> yeah, dirt bag of jerk, <laughs> jack um, off. You know. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the ringleader of the group is Henry. Oh, who's got the same name as my son? Yeah, how was that for you? It's fine. It was fine. Okay. Um. And he he is he is also sort of a aloof but he seems he's also a guy that you really want to approve of you then you've got mm. bunny who is this big like he this he is a big burly boy who's got a lot of flaws but also he's just so charismatic and so amiable that it's easy to have a rapport with him oh God um, my favorite type of person. <laughs> You've got the twins, Charles and Camilla, which this coming out in the early 90s like it did. I don't know if naming them after well, <laughs> Charles and Camilla was on purpose, but I did clock that this read in a way that I didn't last claimed, time. She claimed, I
1: think, that Camilla got her name from like the Aeneid or something. Which, oh, sure she did. Good luck, Donna.
0: <laughs> I, if listen, if anybody could sell that, if anybody could say I was so unaware of contemporary world events at the time that I named these characters Charles and Camilla without thinking about it by accident, if anybody could plausibly argue that, it's Donna Tart, I think. And I do believe her because she makes a point of saying that all. Like, all of these characters have very little interest in, like, politics or world events. You don't even know. I don't even know exactly what year it is. I think it's the 80s. It's the late 80s, yeah. But, yeah. The, like, the the last president who anybody hears about is Jimmy Carter. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, th- there is a sequence where Richard just like casually mentions that people walked on the moon and everybody's like, wait, when did that happen? You tell me more about this. I never heard about this. When did people walk on the moon? Well, cause they're so concerned with verb declension. Yeah. I mean, exactly. There's, there's, yeah, there's so, so concerned with trying to reconstruct the, like the, the library Parthenon. of Alexandria yeah. or whatever, that they're, they're not paying attention to who the president is. Okay. Um, So, uh, yes, I think Donna Tart. I believe that she didn't do it on purpose, but it it was weird, (laughs) especially because these twins are intermittently sleeping together. Yeah. Um, And then you got Francis, who is a semi-closeted gay character. Okay. um, Who is... I probably Richard, like in the end is, is probably Richard's most like genuine friend out of this whole group, but man, everybody got problems. So that's, it's, it's this group of five people, uh, Henry, Bunny, uh, Charles and Camilla and Francis that, um, that a Richard sort of gloms onto and, and, and finds his, finds his way into it. It's, it's interesting. Richard does not think of himself as being particularly interesting. And in this book, he doesn't come off as particularly interesting, <laughs> but he does mention, I mean, like not particularly interesting in the way that I think a lot of like 20 year olds are not super interesting. Just like well, not a lot has happened to him. Well, like, not-
1: there's also a narrative function to your narrator not being interesting. If they think that all of the other characters are super interesting.
0: Well, and, and if the, the, the narrator's role is not to be a driver of events yep. but mostly an observer yep. of them then then yes that's that's where you like richard richard is this way on on purpose but but he does mention that his very like taciturnness intrigues and confounds the rest of the group <laughs> in in the same way that many of them intrigue and confound him okay <laughs> sure uh so they are in this classics program and they are so Richard's kind of becoming one of the, one of the gang, the, like the hazy college remembrance part of this is, is happening in this, this first half of the book where they are just kind of hanging out all the time. And just like things happen. They're just like walking around and someone cuts their foot and that becomes like a big, a big memory. Yep. They're just, there's just things that he still thinks about all the time. Small things that, that, wouldn't not only do would they not like register to me as much now probably as as memories but i just like don't have time for that kind of idle stuff to form an impression on me anymore
1: yeah you know well and and i think it's probably the 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 thing in this book too is that like it's noteworthy to him because it's random things that are happening with these people who wind up becoming you know the defining people of his life yes yeah 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 in the same in in a much less loaded way that you and i might reminisce about like a random evening in college because it's with the people that we are still friends with and yeah. yada 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 yeah but yeah
0: like I, just like why do i specifically think about that time you slipped down the or I slipped down the hill. One of us Which slipped down the hill. One of and us a bunch of, and a bunch of chairs, but a bunch of chairs fell on us because we had been to take chairs from Matriculation. The yeah, matriculation ceremony so that we could have folding Hold. chairs in our apartment.
1: <laughs> Why am I for the thinking year? About the time that I stayed up late not writing a paper and went with y'all to a diner mm-hmm. and then saw a deer outside in the snow. Like that's I don't know. I it's didn't just, get a good grade on that paper. It was bad paper. You no,
0: know, but listen, you passed, didn't you? Because C's earned degrees, baby. Yep. I ate
1: some pie, saw a deer, and got a C. Like, here we are now.
0: College is not that hard, everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are there other characters that crop up? That there I don't are, remember. There are
0: lots of other characters that crop up. There's like Judy Poovy, who is a like a c- cokehead who lives oh, next God. door to Richard. Um there there are a bunch of minor characters who you see on and off throughout the book like so much so that the epilogue is mostly an animal house style re- like just catching up with do? what everybody yeah catching up with what everybody did after college. Okay. And I'm not I'm not going to talk about them a lot on this on this podcast but they did like register more for me this read like the, this you get these occasional glimpses of the college experience Richard could be having if he mm. wasn't hanging out with a bunch of eccentric enigmatic murderers all the time. Yeah. It's like Richard, why aren't you just, why can't you quote lower yourself to just have like a normal time <laughs> with these people?
1: Cause that's the thing is like, they're like, obsessed. he just, he's,
0: he seems to see himself as superior or mm. yeah, superior to them in some way, even though he's like, I don't think any of them murdered anybody, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because, like, the core group has this, like,
1: all-encompassing interest in the classics and, like, art or something, right? That, like, yeah, want, yeah, they want to, like, it's a, be it's a elevated driving, or something. Yeah, it's
0: a driving event. Like that. So the the precursor to Bunny getting murdered is Henry and the rest of them. The, to a lesser extent, Bunny, because I think Bunny is a little bit more of a, you know, common man than... Sounds like it than the, than the rest of these people, but they, they all are sort of obsessed with recreating like a Bacchanal situation. Mm. Like they, they want to do like they read in the books and they want to get just out of their minds. With Commune not, with
1: the gods.
0: They want, they want yeah, they want their consciousness to be altered to the point that they, they are, they ascend into this frenzy and it's not even just like getting, it's a level beyond getting blackout drunk. You know, it's it's getting turned. Sure, it's getting turned. <laughs> and so they do after getting like the, the four four of them minus Bunny. So the twins Henry and Francis pre Richard. Well, while Richard is in the group, but before he's really in the group, like okay. in it, in it. You know, while he's still he he's a classmate, but he's not like a close confidant. He's not one of the original crew you know what i mean yeah, i do <laughs> uh, so they're trying to get to, like work themselves up into this frenzy so they they like fast for three days and they go out in the woods and a bunch of and they just start like hallucinating and a bunch of wild stuff happens and it turns out that they like stumble upon this like Vermontered farmer and just completely disembowel and murder him in a, <clears throat> in, a frenzy, in a frenzy that they do not remember oh and it ends up in the paper and eventually, Bunny puts two and two together, like, I know the night that you all went out and like quote killed a deer and <laughs> oh, achieved God. achieved this this like heightened state of consciousness that we were all trying to achieve for a while. and oh, it just happens to coincide with the night this guy was murdered, and oh wait, you guys did it. Mm. And so Bunny know it knows that his friends killed a killed a man. And it is eating him up and he is, it's, it is, it is both eating him up and also he knows that he has leverage over them and he's trying to extract as much as he can from them. What a cool guy. Yeah. It's the toughest. It's, I think the book mostly walks the line between making Mm. Bunny seem, super murderable and making him seem like <laughs> the kind of guy who you would regret regret murdering like i i think i think it strikes that balance but it's a hard balance to strike
1: <laughs> that's why donna tark only writes one book every 10 yeah. years and she in has the, to fine hone how murderable the guys are
0: and in the run-up to being murdered she does take pains to make him seem especially murderable to the to the <laughs> point where afterward it do, it takes a little bit of doing to to make you feel like super bad about okay it. <laughs> if that makes any sense it does it does um okay so so th- but yeah does he, he's, richard
1: know what's happened
0: richard richard gets to it but like so in the background for a while bunny is like kind of blackmailing the four of them oh and also is having a little bit of a mental breakdown about the fact that his friends killed some guy. Well, and so before bunny die, like shortly before bunny dies, um, Henry sort of lets Richard in on what happened because Richard is picking up on weird vibes between everybody. And he's Mm -hmm. like, what are all these weird vibes about? (laughs) (laughs) And then bunny, like not, not knowing that Richard knows, like sort of kind like confesses to to Richard one night. And then Richard goes to Henry and is like, Hey, bunny is going to talk to somebody. And Henry is like, well, I feel I was sort of thinking that things were going to go this way, but now we definitely need to murder him like pretty quick so that he can't tell anybody about Mm. what we did. Mm. And so that's how bunny gets murdered. And then the, that's why bunny gets murdered yeah. i guess and then and then why the second God? half of the book is just an absolutely excruciating like there there's a big search for him there's a excruciating funeral with all of his family where everybody who he's related to is both a jerk and also like pretty pitiable well and also he is like a, consp- a member of this conspicuously exclusive a, now, classics club <laughs> yeah yeah there's that and um but even in the second half of the book, like Richard is really close to events with without always knowing exactly what is going on until mm. things are getting closer to a climax. Like law enforcement was closer to figuring out that something was up with them than Richard was like clued in on until they absolutely had to be clued okay. in on it. But it's, it's all it, – it is everybody unraveling um, – charles and camilla having this like deep rift between the two of them because they were sort of sleeping together but camilla also loves henry and charles hates him for that and hates him also because henry is like putting a lot of the like evasion of law enforcement and the (laughs) so a lot of the like getting them out of this situation on charles like charles is the one who's being interrogated repeatedly by police about stuff that happened. Great. Cause he is kind of falling apart and is like descending into alcoholism. And this, yeah, this all comes to a head with like, uh, Richard being shot, but not killed, uh, Henry shooting himself in the head to sort of save the rest of them. Because to him in his like classics, addled brain, there's something like honorable and, and even, um, enviable about being the person who like sacrifices yourself yeah, for, the, sure. for the rest of your, your friends. And it's just, it's very, it's a pretty disturbing depiction of a bunch of people like having a really bad time.
1: <laughs> Euripides would be proud. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And then you just get, a you get a little epilogue of, of like post-college with what happened to, to people like Char- Charles's life is just awful. Um, Camilla is, Camilla is doing okay, but just like very sad all the time. Francis is, is, um, having like some pretty like dark, uh, self-harmy kind of, mm. kind of thoughts. Um, and then, yeah, the epilogue is like, and here's what happened to everybody else. Oh, neat. <laughs> here's what happened to like all the teachers and, and other, and like what party boys and everything. Julian learns that they, so Bunny tried to leave Julian a letter and put it in the wrong mailbox. Oh, God. and this was the mailbox of a professor who was on like sabbatical for some, some reason <laughs> for months, for months while this whole thing is happening. Like buddy puts this thing in his mailbox before he dies. And then it's months before Julian actually gets it. Julian thinks it's a hoax for various reasons, but then discovers that it isn't. He does not tell anybody that his students murdered anybody, but he does just up and leave town never to be seen again. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Good for him. No, not good for him. <laughs> he sucks. Julian, I really don't like Julian at all. Okay. Um but Yeah, I mean it's it is a you getting to where you're going in this book is entertaining. Like it is yeah, a sure. it is a satisfying how catch him to the point where you get a little impatient sometimes okay with how long it's taking to to catch like, you, you see you see that first thing in the in the book and instantly you want to know well why they kill this guy and what happened to them after and then it takes you like eight hours to read the answer to those two questions and sure. I, the fact that it takes so long does make it more satisfying but yeah. i did get a little impatient with it in a couple spots
1: okay yeah sure but overall a better read than read one
0: overall better read. Like I'm not going to say I'm, I'm like euphoric about this book and it's going to instantly like rock it up to the, the list of like my favorite books I've ever read for the show. But I completely get it now. Like I I, I, I get, I get why people like it now. I I would, I would, depending on how the, you know, sometimes people come asking like what kind of books we like or what we would recommend to people who like a, a certain kind of book and this would definitely be on a list for people who, who, maybe people who like a ton of French or like a, yeah. a kind of, a kind of mystery book that is a notch or two above a, a beach read in terms of like, uh, interesting writing or storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still nevertheless like a, a, a mere, murder mystery thriller thing kind of, sure. kind of spiritually. Yeah. Um, I meant to, <clears throat> to mention this in
1: the beginning, but something that has happened since we recorded our episode, Andrew, mm-hmm. in 20- you know, tell
0: me you murdered somebody because you didn't tell me you read this no. book already, so now I don't know what you're hiding.
1: Sorry, in 2019, uh, Lily Anolik for the for Esquire published a big article called the secret oral history of bennington the 1980s most decadent college and did a a deep dive on all of the like gen x writers burnouts that were were there (laughs) and you know all of the scandal and myth and things that fed into donna tart and brad easton ellis and then that, I think, was like a catalyst for someone to launch a podcast called Once Upon a Time at Bennington College. Oh, boy. That was like trying to do a lot of like, hey, let's connect the dots between some stuff that went down in the secret history and <sighs> Bennington College in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And Don Tart filed legal complaints against it. Well, why? I, I don't know. She didn't want people to, to be digging into her life, I guess. Huh, I don't think it took down the podcast or anything, but she definitely did not want to participate in it. No, which is interesting, yeah. Um, but d- just that I bring that up because a it is just an interesting nugget, and b it speaks to the enduring appeal of this book, sure. As a like a unique author who picked, as we said, it's like it's not an ivy it's its own you know i've met a few people who went to bennington i have never talked to them about the secret history or whether or not they <laughs> witnessed a murder in the woods
0: or did um, a murder in the woods
1: well fair enough um
0: let just don't don't be nice to people from bennington <laughs> yeah. is, is the lesson i'm taking from this because you don't you don't know what they're capable of
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair well thanks for rereading this book andrew
0: Thanks for re-listening to me talk about it again. Yeah, I had a good time. Uh, yeah, I mean, even though I'd found out that you'd been lying to me for years and years. Now, listen, I
1: really did not remember much about
0: this book, so. I mean, still a lie, isn't it?
1: It is a lie. I didn't mean to tell you a If
0: lie. you took my lunch out of the fridge at work... What? And then I found out it was you a couple years later because of security footage, and I came to you and I accused you of of what you had done. And you said, in fairness, I don't remember the sandwich that I ate. Yeah. It wouldn't make it any less egregious of a crime.
1: That's exactly like this situation. This is
0: just like the situation. The
1: security footage is what's throwing (laughs) me.
0: They don't wipe the tape. They got really, they got really big, (laughs) they got really big hard drives and they don't have to, to wipe them. So I was just scrubbing through, trying to find something else, and I saw you eating my sandwich.
1: Oh, okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, it was delicious. I I do remember the sandwich, and it was very tasty. Mm. A lot of plums in that fridge. Anyway, thanks for listening to this podcast, folks at home or wherever you are. You don't have to be at home listening to this. You do what you want to do. Um, You can tell us about whether or not you've read The Secret History and whether or not it's a secret. Send us an email at overdopod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at Overdue Pod. Thanks to Amber, Juliana, Amy, Eris, Joyce, Rebecca, Rita, Tyler, and many more for reaching out in the past week. Thanks to Nick Larangis, who composed our theme song. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go?
0: Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. Up there, we have links to the books that we have read and the ones we are going to read. We also have a link to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash overdue pod, support the show financially, get access to our discord server, uh, bonus episode streams, uh, early downloads of our long read project, which currently is sand by me, a long read about Neil Gaiman's Sandman graphic novel series. Uh, Craig, what do you persuade me to listen to say? I'm a listener. Yeah. Right. And I listen to this episode and I'm like, eh, I'm kind of on the fence. Can you persuade me to come back next week yeah. by telling me what you're going to read?
1: I'm reading Jane Austen again because the first time I read it, I don't think I knew what I was doing. And everyone loves Jane either. Austen. Mm-hmm. And I am eager to attempt to even remotely get it right this time.
0: Okay. Cool. So, Persuasion you know, by Jane Austen.
1: Persuasion by Jane Austen. Cool.
0: Sounds yeah. like a perfume.
1: I think a guy is in the Navy in that book.
0: (laughs) Well, we're off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, come back for that next week. And until we talk to you then, please try to be happy.
1: the HeadGum Podcast.